the podcast episode two it has begun well two out of three boys are back in town this time we are no longer liars the third one ran away (laughs) the one thing that i actually wanted to start with was the one cliffhanger we left from episode one simon what are your grades Oh, that's right. Let me look. (laughs) (laughs) The one little cliffhanger we left in episode one. As I just kind of briefly went over my classes and they were just okay. (laughs) I uh, got an A in oceanography, a B in French, a B in biology, and a B in speech. So I passed and we're going to... uh, the moon santa barbara boys oh you actually know you're going to santa barbara um more or less i guess i mean it's a guaranteed transfer so when i give them the grades i'm going okay so it is a guaranteed thing because you you always you always say it like it's not guaranteed Yeah, well, they already gave me my letter of acceptance, so I just need to give them, like, this semester's grades, and they'll be like, okay, since you didn't fuck up, we'll let you go. Okay, you always talked about it as, like, if it was a thing that would maybe happen sometime in the future. So now, okay, it is definite. Yeah, well, I got my letter of intent, but, like, you know, you still have to, like, keep your shit together so, like, they know that you're legit, I guess. Like, if you fail a class, you're like, uh, maybe we should have let you in then. Fair enough, then. Yeah, it's a fair enough system. Which is why I was, you know, sweating there for a minute, because I thought I was going to just whiff it on the finish line right there. Even though I never mentioned it, I was still waiting on my grades, because every school is painfully, painfully slow. And in the class that I was, like, confident I failed, I still got a B in it somehow. (laughs) That's how I was last semester with (laughs) ecology. (laughs) Some pressures, the grades are just random. I just, I guarantee you, just a random number generator at the end. They just have like an allotment of grades they hand out. Everything just has a bell curve. They just got to throw every student into it. Yeah, they know that the students can't be bothered to actually try. Sam, do you have your grades yet? Yeah. Did you pass? Yes, I have passed my classes. Although one of the classes, it was brought up before, but I have an A- minus when it should be an A. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the humanity, yeah. The horror, the horror. Yeah, it was a 1C, then everything else was A. C+, to be exact. (laughs) Because they care. They care enough to put a plus next to that. That actually does matter at some level, the fact that it is a C plus rather than a C, so it does make your grade higher, or your GPA higher, I mean. Yeah, and like for this semester, it's like my GPA ends up being like right next to the average for my previous semesters. <laughs> so no change really overall. So yeah, no mine dropped quite a bit. 
because I did get mostly B's this semester, and that was like by far my worst semester. So my GPA did go from uh, 3.71 to down to a 3.57. The humanity. Which, I mean, for my major, I'm still like uh, one of the highest GPAs for my year, but the fact that it dropped is still sad, but I'm not worried at all. <laughs> As I know, like, nothing about any of the other psychology majors my year. Because, <laughs> um, being in the honors program gives you priority registration, so you can be among the first people to register for classes. So I get the classes that probably other people my year would have a harder time getting. Like, one class that fills up quickly is the Psych 2020 class, which is Psychology as a Profession how to get a job with this degree you're getting. <laughs> and I was like, a good chunk of them were like seniors and juniors all ahead of me. <laughs> That's always nice. I had a bit of that because of AP credits. I was able to skip the first year of my math courses. So I immediately started with differential equations. So my class was all people who were significantly older than me, but that's stopped now as of now taking classes that are like at my level. As the local cat attacks again. <laughs> she fought my dog the other day. She's getting aggressive. Cats are a little spooky. You mean like Halloween cat spooky? Or what do you mean by spooky? Are you scared of cats, Simon? No, I love cats. The truth comes out. <laughs> no, they're just like stealthy and like suddenly aggressive. One second they're on your window. Next second they're on your head mauling your face. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, saga in which uh, this guy becomes a zombie because the Vikings had zombies. And Viking zombies can shapeshift, and this particular zombie shapeshifts into a cat. And he, like, gets into the shepherd's house, and he lays on the shepherd, like, the shepherd is sleeping, and he's, like, sitting on the shepherd's chest and, like, progressively getting more and more heavy and just suffocates the shepherd. It's weird. Wait, so the cat just gains weight? He just gets heavier? Yeah, well, it's a shapeshifter, so it can do whatever it wants, I guess. I don't know the... How does it gain mass? Well, it's already a zombie. Magic. It's not like this is, like, a real story. I demand absolute, <laughs> like, <laughs> adherence to the laws of physics from my zombie stories, Simon. Well, physics weren't invented yet in, you know, like, 10th century Iceland. So everything just flew around? <laughs> yeah, there's no friction, no gravity... They didn't invent gravity belts yet. Simpler times. <laughs> Trying to think how old it is. Did you ever see this, uh, the study where it's half of all Icelanders still believe in fairies? Let me find it. I thought it was like 90%. I think it's dropped in recent years. Yeah, it has because people are like, maybe not. But it's still like really high. I think it'd be like 60 or 70%. See, all these articles are from 2013, and it is about 60% believe in fairies. And they're pretty traditional out there. Man, I wish I could believe in fairies. You wish you could? So you are unable to believe in fairies, Sam? Nope. That's sad. What makes you unable? He doesn't breathe in enough volcanic fumes to see fairies in the bog. 
because seeing is believing. <laughs> Thank you, Tom Hanks. And I can't see them. Speaking of fairies, have you ever seen um, Arthur Conan Doyle's book about fairies? No. So, you know you know who Arthur Conan Doyle is, right, Simon? Yes, he wrote the uh, Sherlock Holmes stories. Yeah. And then he grew to hate it, and then people kept liking it, so he just kept making it. Yeah, that's, that's the problem with artists. So, so you know how he, he wrote books about a, an incredibly smart and, uh, like, well-to-do detective? Uh, he was also an incredibly gullible person who wrote multiple books about fairies. What did he have to say about fairies? Let me send you the link to the, his book. So he... <laughs> so, if you were an incredibly smart man, how would you prove that fairies are real? Uh, just take photographs? Of course, but you wouldn't take them. You would buy the camera and develop the film yourself, but you would give the camera to two young girls and tell them to go take pictures of fairies in the woods. Oh my god. And so... <laughs> go, my children. <laughs> I need pictures of Spider-Man. So these two girls with just paper cutouts on hat pins just took pictures of themselves in the woods, and Arthur Conan Doyle was like, That's brilliant! Fairies are real! Because he was just incredibly gullible. This is amazing. Yeah. One of my favorite things in the world is Arthur Conan Doyle was like best friends with Harry Houdini. <laughs> and because Arthur Conan Doyle believed magic was real. He just thought he was a god. Yeah. No, eventually like, because Houdini would do a trick. Arthur Conan Doyle would like, oh, you're amazing. You're a wizard. And Houdini was like, no, no, let me show you how I did it. And eventually Conan Doyle started believing that Houdini had convinced himself that he wasn't magic, but he was in fact actually magic. This is so beautiful. Arthur Conan Doyle, like, his whole life was just hilarious. Need to read up on him, then. Alright, Simon, so we are recording this after the latest Pokemon Sword and Shield trailer. So we have seen seven new Pokemon, and we know you are the biggest Pokemon fan, Simon. Yes. So... Anime was banned from my house when I was a young lad, so I never really got into the fandom. Simon, tell us the story of anime in your house. The, my parents are pretty much like, we don't like the anime art style, so we didn't want to see it on the TV. <laughs> that was literally, it wasn't wow. any like, you know, this is promoting evolution and we're a Christian in this household or like any of that weird stuff. We were just like, yeah, anime doesn't look good, so we don't, we don't want to see it. So how did you become a massive weeb, Simon? That's a good question. I think I was, like, recommended some anime in, like, middle school, and I was like, fuck it. So, you know, massively in middle school, but you still never actually played Pokemon. No. So, anyway, we do have the seven new Pokemon. So, do you want to tell us your thoughts on these? Uh, sure. Two of them look like seed pods. Uh, Glossifleur and Eldegoss. Right, so a link to this article will just be in the description. So we have so there's one new evolutionary line in Kingdom Pokemania. It to fit this into Darwin's theory, of course. All right, so we have two new grass types, Gossifleur and Eldegoss. What are your thoughts on these, Simon? Now, uh, Gossifleur looks like uh, like you know when you like take one of the uh, 
parts of a pine cone off and it's just like that little seedling thing. And like if you, it's, I think they call it like a wing or a blade or something, I totally forgot, but if you throw it like it spins, then I wouldn't know how to, it just looks like a, like three, like two flowers on the same stem, but they're like two completely different flowers. And has like, have you never seen a flower that has two different colors, Simon? Is this a new concept? No, it's like two different flowers on the same stem. They're fighting for territory. Yeah, it's like someone grafted like a, a flower onto the stem. That's a fleur. Elder Goss looks like cotton, and I feel like this may be a little racist to put it in there, but we can do it. I voted cotton down. Oh, I called it. It is cotton. I was also thinking like a dandelion, but it is too dense to be a dandelion. It is definitely cotton. But it isn't dead to get the uh, fiber out. It's alive, so you, you would have to kill it to get the fiber. Yeah, so those are the two new grass types. And we have just three other Pokemon, so scroll down a bit. What do you think of Wooloo? It is a... How would the kids say this? It's a marketing ploy. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, why is Wooloo a marketing ploy, Simon? Oh, or at least Tumblr Bay is just like a giant freaking sheep. Like, it's easy yeah. to like make like pillows and just sell it for like 20 bucks at like an arcade. Easy money for Pokemon. No, it's great. It's just, it's a cute, yeah, it's a cute fluffy sheep. It's great. It, it can run away. It rolls away from enemies. It is probably the worst Pokemon. It's two feet tall. <laughs> It's completely, it's just a completely normal paraplegic sheep. No, it's, it's, it's very cute. I give this Pokemon five stars. This is perfect. Out of five or this ten? exactly what I want. Out of five. It's a perfect Pokemon. It's absolutely perfect. I'd probably give it three Lithuanias. <laughs> out of five. Sam, do you have any thoughts on these? You've been really silent. They're Pokemon. <laughs> is, that, is that your only opinion? <laughs> you have any opinions about what they look like pokemon designs you just don't care some of my previous friends have been like critical on like the newer like pokemon designs but i'm just like they're all fine like some ones i i like more than others but i do know one other person in a different discord that like added everyone saying wooloo is my new best friend <laughs> yeah wooloo is great it's perfect it's round. It's the perfect shape. It's a sheep. It's the perfect animal. All right. So there's there's a few more. So uh, look at Corviknight. The ultimate edge. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It's just edgy. It's just like Meta Knight as a furry. It is said. It says Meta Knight's not already a furry. I don't know if Kirby counts as a furry, but Corviknight is definitely a furry. It has to be, unless you'd consider Pokemon a different brand of furry. Okay, so Corviknight, if you actually look there, it is seven feet tall. Oh, it's a very big furry. <laughs> if you read the description, it actually works as a taxi company. So a bunch of these birds fly people around, and that is their job. I feel like that would be a Meta Knight's day job. When he's not fighting in Smash Brothers, he's just a taxi service. Yeah. I mean, well, I honestly think he has that giant ship. We come to Dreadnought. Right, Sam, you have something to say? I'm liking how Dreadnought is looking because it reminds me of my favorite line from Sinnoh, Turtwig. 
makes me think of Torterra a little bit. Except more water, actually. I thought you were going to say it looks like Turtonator. That's what he reminds me of. Turtonator if he actually got on all fours. Yeah, if he pushed Turtonator over. <laughs> if, you were, if you were just mean to Turtonator. So if you scroll even farther down, you'll eventually just see the three starters, then the five Pokemon again, and then we see the legendaries for this generation. So can you see them, Simon? Yeah, there's a small ape-like creature called Grookey. Score bunny. Those are the, those are the starters. So looking at the legendaries, go a bit farther. Oh, Zacian or Zacian? Let's call him Zac. Looks like Sif from Dark Souls or Sif, whatever that wolf's name is. Sif. Yeah, Sif. That's the one with the sword. All right, and then we have the other one, Zamazenta. Simon, what are your thoughts on these these uh these good boys? Zamazenta looks like he belongs in uh Voltron. And Zacian just looks like Sif, but in, like, Princess Mononoke. And I'm a little okay with that. Or maybe, uh, Sailor Moon. Alright, I'm gonna be a bit controversial. I hate these designs. I think they're awful. I'd agree with that statement. My biggest problem with most Pokemon, like, especially Legendaries. Legendaries have always had this problem of being way too over-designed. And these definitely have that problem, where they're very complicated. And... I don't know, for Legendaries of Sword and Shield, Dog Holding Sword and Dog Who Is a Shield was not what I thought they'd go for. I think they're a little on the nose with Sword and Shield. <laughs> I mean, they're always on the nose, that's the whole point. But I didn't think Dog Holding Sword would be how they went about it. I thought they'd do something like akin to Aegislash, like something who is a sword. That sounds awesome. And Zamazenta just give me Bastiodon, like, flashbacks. Simon doesn't get that reference, but Sam does. <laughs> yeah. I'm more okay with Zamazenta than I am with Zacian. Yeah. Though. Slightly better. I'm just imagining, because like, the whole point of Pokemon, I imagine, is, like, imagine, like, a kid trying to draw them. And I this is my biggest problem with Black and White, because their legendaries were really bad for this, where... I'm imagining, like, myself at age 10, I don't think I could draw these Pokemon that well. That's my <laughs> biggest problem. What do you think, Simon, of that, like, of my thinking about Pokemon, of, like, something you should be able to draw? Because the rest of these, if you look at the rest of the Pokemon from Gen 8, they're all really nice and simple. So you, you could imagine, like, a kid being able to draw all of them. And once you reach the Legendaries, it just gets incredibly complicated incredibly quickly. Well, I guess that's how you, you know, be able to distinguish between a legendary and a regular Pokemon. Wow, who knew Charmander existed? <laughs> also, I think this eventually just turns into the entire Pokedex. No, it doesn't. Why is Pichu there? I'm still amazed you've never played Pokemon before. Like, how did you survive elementary school knowing absolutely nothing about Pokemon? By not having friends. That, that is one or, solution. Or having a friend that doesn't know Pokemon either. <laughs> yeah. I actually hung around with people who are like a grade older than me, and we usually just play chess. So I don't know how I just like continue to not get good at chess. But it'd be like that. So were you a chess master in elementary? No, I was like the bottom of the barrel. I've always been the bottom of the barrel.
Okay, actually looking at the show notes, there's one of them that I have no idea what it means. The first question you're asked when using a card. What does that mean? Oh, yeah. Explain it to me. By that, I mean, like, whenever you use a credit card or a debit card, what does the machine usually ask you? Or does it just, like, or is there just no question? You just put it in and then it goes through. What are some questions you've seen? For a debit card, it's always enter your PIN. There's never been any other question to that. Credit card, because we're in the United States and we're awful, requires you to actually sign. But, okay, you bring this up. So what questions have you seen that were, like, weird enough that you prompted to ask this to the rest of us? It's really just my work. <laughs> if I buy something at Tuesday morning, what will they ask me to do? Hey, we need you to deliver this mysterious package. Ah, oh, you put your debit card in now. What's your mother's maiden name? What was your first pet's name? <laughs> what was your pet's pet's name? But the first question our machines ask for regardless of what card you use, because we only have one option to choose on the register. On our end, at least. Bad, bad. Credit and debit are two different things. Well, the company was also uh, still using floppy disk till a few years ago, so... Jesus Christ. But the first question we ask for card is, would you like it all on this card? Yes or no? The fuck kind of question is that? Okay, that only makes sense... If there's like multiple people buying a high amount of things. But if it's like one person buying like, I don't know, like like under like $50, there's no reason why you should ever ask that question. Well, some situations I've seen is like if they wanted to do on card first and then the rest in cash or split it across like multiple cards, specifically like gift cards that can't pay for the full amount. Okay, but if they're giving you gift cards... It, they're implicitly knowing that it might not cover all of it. And if they have, like, multiple credit cards, wouldn't they tell you, hey, I want to split this? Why is it on your store's onus to ask them, would you want to split this? Sorry, could you explain the question? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, if someone's using, like, a gift card, why does the store assume that they won't know it won't cover the full amount? It's not for our store's gift cards, that is, like, in a separate thing. We Like, gift cards, like, like, Visa gift cards. Oh. Those kind of gift cards. That's the ones I meant. I think I have one of those somewhere in this room. You mean, like, one of the refillable ones? I don't even know if they're refillable, but... I think mine's refillable. At the very least, the ones I'm thinking of, they weren't refillable. It just had, like, $25, and then you use them. Oh, yeah. Those are neat. I like those better than, like, store-specific gift cards. But yeah, that's the first that's the first question we ask and usually people if they're on autopilot, they'll assume it asks, Do you do you want cash back? So they'll click no. And then they then if you click no, it gives you an option to enter in the amount you want to put on the card. Okay. You did remind me, the cashback question. I only ever see that at like Winco, Target, and Walmart, so I didn't think of it, but yeah, the that's another question that I do see quite often is the do you want cash back? The one I see often, too, is, uh, like, is this amount okay with you? Is this what? Like, is this amount okay with you to say, like, how much you're paying? Oh, yeah, I remember those. I don't think I've actually seen one of those, but that seems like a good question to ask. 
More like a normal question to ask. Okay, no. I want less. I don't know. Normally, the amount appears on screen anyway. But no, I support that question. That makes sense to me. Hold up. So, like, so, the, so these are appearing on the screen of your device. It's not you asking them. It's they're putting their card in. And on the screen, it appears. Is this all on one card? Yes. That is madness. I don't support that at all. <laughs> okay, I was thinking it was just like your store had a weird thing of like you had to ask them. No, I'm not the one asking it. Once they put in the card, that's the first question the, the pin pad would ask them. Oh, I'm, I do not support this at all. This is... This gets zero out of five Lithuanians. Now, on the pin pad, you ask... I don't know. If you have to enter the pin, you have them enter the pin. Be like, is this amount okay? That make, That's a good question to ask. And then, like, cashback maybe. But, like, not always. Like, I don't see that nearly as often as I used to. But, like, no, you don't ask... You ask, is this amount okay? That's the normal thing. How many other questions are there in this exam of a entering your credit card, Sam? Are there more questions you ask on this machine? Well, after that question, assuming they click yes, they want it all on this card, then it just asks for them for PIN, and then it's done from there. Okay. Although, even if they have a credit card and they choose credit, you can choose verify with signature, but they don't actually have to sign anything. Okay. At one point, it did. We did have a th- them sign on a receipt, but that stopped. <laughs> yeah, then you have to actually keep the receipt for records. I've never actually paid for anything at your store with a card. I've always ever paid cash because I've never bought more than like $3 worth of stuff at your store. <laughs> I've never bought one of those $20 hourglasses. You should. <laughs> if I plan this right, the YouTube video for this will have an hourglass in the background, but it'll just be me sitting on the floor of Tuesday morning <laughs> recording it. This is beautiful. You better go like right before it closes. When Sam is closing. Of course, of course. Just not tell you which days I work or at what times. You have to tell me the times because we have to plan out board game days. (laughs) There's no way around this, Sam. (laughs) I can't play within this time range. (laughs) It may or may not be when I'm working. You will know I'm coming when you see the mice go down the street. Oh, we can do my sober grad story. Okay, so is that its own thing, sober grad? Yeah, at least in uh, Carmel High School, we have this, like, tradition, I guess, of, like, you know, the white suburban moms being like, we can't have our kids go on graduation night getting drunk and getting in car crashes and doing drugs and the sex and the not being Christian. So, uh... Okay. They, uh, they pretty much, like, pressure the students into, like, going to sober grad where, like, there is no alcohol and no of the sex and other unchristian activities yeah, that just sounds like a challenge <laughs> that like oh yeah we're going to sober grad who's bringing the alcohol who's <laughs> no like they fleece you like there's no tomorrow when they do that one fleece you it's like the is it more than just a pat down because remember at our prom they patted us down but they didn't like search that uh, for us they patted us down they made us uh, go into a room and like take off like our jackets and stuff and they searched them and then uh, they made us do a breathalyzer test. Wow. So you couldn't even pregame. I know, you couldn't even pregame it. What a goddamn shame. They pretty much did the same thing there. It's far more intense than it was at our prom. All I did was bring in my DS. <laughs> See, I know. I left, a, I left a pack of cards in my coat. So they had, they had me like open it to prove that it was, in fact, just a normal deck of playing cards. Which is because I forgot to empty my coat from another event. Anyway, back to Sobergrad. Okay, so I assume you went to Sobergrad. 
Yes, I went to sober grad because I had nothing better to do. Terrible mistake. Don't do that. One question we have to ask. Was there alcohol? No. Oh, they succeeded. Uh, that makes this story so much worse. No, there were chaperones and all that. So like, uh, there was no like, and you're only like a, you're only on like a specific areas where like they were concentrated. That is so lame. So I get there, it's maybe like nine thirty ish, nine o'clock, and uh, I just came from like a dinner with my friends, and I because they're holding at the gym they usually hold it at like different places or whatever like i heard one year that like a ferris wheel so i was a little excited to go and like see what they were doing i get to the school and in the parking lot by the gym there's a two-decker one of those london two-decker red buses where do you even get those in this area i don't know but it's there and i'm like this is interesting i wonder what the theme is can it can so i, I guess? go into the like area where they fleece you I get fleeced i go in and I Was see the theme all England. No, it's better. Ooh. It's Austin Powers. Ooh, wait, Austin Powers with no alcohol. <laughs> I know. <laughs> God damn it! That is so, so not mod. I know it is very much not mod. So we go in, and there's like, I think some of the faculty were like dressed up in like sort of like that style as in the movie. I can't remember because I feel like I'd wipe that from my mind forever. So, like, there are two basic Do I areas. make you horny, baby? Yeah, I think one of them said that, too. Ah, gross. Gross. I know. So, like, there's a few main areas. There's, like, uh, like, a dancing area where they have a DJ and they're playing music. They have an area off to the side where they're just playing the Awesome Power movies on repeat. And uh, there's an area where, like, you can get, like, kosher drinks. And then in an area where you can like play blackjack. And then there's an area in the back where they have some arcade games, like some temporary arcade games set up. And then you can go outside into like a side area by the gym. And I think you could buy like coffee for like a few hours. And then like there's some like a bouncing castle or some dumb bullshit. I didn't really pay attention to it. I went out there like a couple times and I was like, it's cold out here. I'm gonna go back inside. Okay, being fair, arcades and the Austin Powers movies sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so that sounds cool, right? But we are locked in, and we cannot leave until 5 a.m. Oh, my Boy Scouts is a similar thing. I should know, 6. So it was miserable. It, like, I'm just going to cut to, like, 2 a, like maybe 2 or 3 a.m. I'm, like, at the freaking blackjack table with, like, one or two other people just, like, wanting to, like, die. <laughs> just, like, it's too late. I want to go home and go to bed. But I can't leave until like six. So I get up and I like. Do they have like a room where you could go sleep? No. Because oh, that get used for sex, of course. Yeah. So like, kind of like looking around. Like, there's n- pretty much nothing happening. I feel like most people are just like trying to find a, like a place like dark, alone, and silent to crash, maybe to do the sex. You said there's like chaperones. So you think there would be nowhere where you could do the sex? I think, yeah, I feel like the chaperones would be, like, keeping watch for that kind of stuff. Okay, so, two questions. How many people went to your high school, and how many people are here? Uh, There's 800 people in the high school total. I think my graduating class would be somewhere around 200 people. Okay, so 200. How many people are at this sober grad? I'd say maybe 100, 150. That's a lot. That's a big percentage. Yeah. And they all had nothing better to do. (laughs) 
Because they pretty much like coerced us to do it. How did they coerce you to do this? I forgot. I just like stripped this all from my mind. But like, I think the DJ was even done at that point. I don't remember there being music. Or maybe there was music and I wasn't paying attention because I was too fried because it was like three in the morning. Well, the music would turn off the Austin Powers movies that you're obviously watching. Yeah. So, like, I just head over to, like, the area where the Austin Power movies are happening, and, like, most of the people are, like, cuddled up and, like, trying to go to bed. And I just, like, find a place. Like, I just, like, sit and watch, like, Austin Powers for, like, 30 minutes. And then I was, like, it's four in the morning. I'm done with the shit. I just, like, went to, like, a corner with, like, a beanbag and just passed out. And then, like, they came in and woke us all up and said we can go home. So we went home. And that was, like, probably one of the worst experiences of my life. Let's see, there's three Austin Powers movies, each are about two hours long, so that's only about six hours worth of content, so that gets you all the way to 3am, so you have to somehow fill three hours of content. And I guess you could do that with Blackjack and Arcades, so theoretically, there's enough to do. Yeah, but I had no friends at that event, because I made a terrible mistake. So none of your friends decided to go? You decided to just go on your own? I had, like, some, like, peripheral friends, but, like... I wasn't going to hang around with them. <laughs> Why not? What's What was wrong with that? I don't know. Like, I hung around with them for like a minute, but I was like... No, you'd rather be alone doing nothing. I'm just going to play blackjack now, alone. Like, they weren't like good enough friends for me to be like, I can have a conversation for you with you for like nine hours and be awake until five so they weren't even so they weren't like even close enough where you could just be silent around each other yeah so it was, i was like yeah you guys are here and that was like my graduation night how'd your graduation nights go see sam did you go to our school's grad night when they went to disneyland because i know i didn't i did i did have um i'd say i had um closer friends that did go than the friends that you had go to your event, but I ended up just kind of like hopping in between the, I'd say like two friend groups that were there. Although I'm not one for amusement park rides, I didn't really do a lot <laughs> to my memory. I don't know, Disneyland's good in my opinion for amusement parks because I don't like, I don't like roller coasters because I dislike the feeling of not being in control. But Disneyland's rides are, like, chill enough that I can deal with them. So, like, I can go on Space Mountain, but, like, I can't go on, like, anything at Six Flags. Isn't it called Hyperspace Mountain now? They changed the name. No. Yeah, it's Star Ah. Wars now. They ruined it. It's not as good. Uh, They ruined Star Wars or they ruined Space Mountain? Oh, a bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) If the answer is yes, they ruined it. Now, whenever I think about like Disneyland trips, I always just think about the one we did in eighth grade, where it was just us three. That was yeah. Fun. We went on like two rides and just walked around. Yeah, the lines were awful, so yeah, we only. I remember we did go on Space Mountain once. No, we went on the Matterhorn in uh, Autotopia. Yeah, and I died on the Matterhorn that day. <laughs> yeah, they made it scarier. It was pretty all right, I guess. Or did we? Did I figure it out then? I forgot when they changed it. I didn't know they ever changed it. No, I think it was in the original configuration at that point. I don't know. I don't step to it on Disneyland news. It's not something that I follow all that well. 
They're just building a Star Wars land. That's all you need to know. Oh, they're building a whole land for it? I remember it used to be just a couple buildings in uh, Future Land. Tomorrowland. I know what it's called. Tomorrowland, yeah. Yeah, they're building a whole land for it. Yeah, makes sense. It's going to be... Uh... I know you you probably don't know Disneyland that well, but do you know like the train that goes around the circumference of the park? Oh, I know that. So, you know, like by uh, Tom Sawyer's Island, where the train goes by it to the northwest? Yes. Like, past the railroad tracks, uh, away from the lake, that's where they're building it. You can see it from the train. Okay, so, like, behind Thunder Mountain? No. It's behind Critter Country. Behind Critter Country. I vaguely know what you're talking about, but I'm not confident. Let's guess Critter Country was, like, a thing in, like, the 70s, so no one gives a shit. Okay, so I'm looking at a map of Disneyland right now. So it's vaguely a circle. Critter Country's already, like, sticking out. So is it just going to stick out farther? Let me see if I can find a map of it. Yeah, just look up a map, Simon. Oh, you're right. It is a bit more like behind Thunder uh, Mountain. Okay, so I assume we're looking at the same one. So where on this map, like describe it, where would the Star Wars land be? So it'd be to uh, the west of Mickey's Toontown and to the north of the railroad tracks by a Thunder Mountain Railroad. Okay. So did, did Disneyland buy more land? Yep. That used to be uh, like some studios or whatever, and then they bought some more studios, and then they tore down those studios, and that's where they're building it. Okay. guess that makes sense. Everyone praise the mouse. House of Mouse. There are like three attractions. I should know two attractions. What the fuck? Well, they're gonna move. It's huge. Let's see. I remember they had the uh, the Star Wars ride in Tomorrowland, where it was basically uh, was those moving seat things. Yeah. So they're just gonna move that. So they already have one, but like, it's like this giant area, and there's only two attractions. It's got me a little weirded out. Well, I mean, it's probably going to start with two, and then they're going to add on to it when they add more films. Yeah, there is a future expansion that's to the west of uh, Toontown, which they should tear down and make it something way nah, better. No, you need Toontown for, like, it's the iconic, it's how, it's how Disney started. It's very 90s. You need to have the, you need to have the origin story. Well, that's what, uh, what are they calling uh, California Adventure now? Whatever they're calling that now, that's what they're trying to make it to be now. Because that was, like, the original intent, I guess. But, like, the CEO is like, nah, we're just going to make a California adventure. Which I hope they keep some of, like, the stuff, but I don't think they are. I think they changed uh, California Screaming to, like, some weird Incredibles meme. Just got me a little sad, even though I never wanted to go on it. But still, why'd they have to do that? Why's it got to be like that? Why you got to be like this, Disney, retconning your own history? You're just kind of thinking about, like, the arcade machines at your grad night. There are no, like, there's no arcades anymore. That makes me sad. There is an arcade nearby for me. It's probably, like, 30 minutes away, though. It's in Salinas. There is. I know there is one arcade in Pomona, but it's a it's a 21-plus arcade because they serve drinks constantly. Mm. So I'm not allowed inside yet. Which makes me sad because I do want to play arcade games. The arcade near me isn't uh, 21 plus, but I think they do serve drinks. I don't know. It's a bowling alley too. So I think that's how they can get away with oh, that's it. That's nice. Bowling's always fun. Yeah, bowling's a very fun time. Oh, Sam, we should go bowling sometime. 
I'm just gonna call you while you're at work and just say that over and over again. <laughs> just hack into the intercom. You call like my work itself. I pick up the phone. <laughs> you just say that. I put you on hold. <laughs> hand it to the manager. So what are people stolen from your work, Sam? And how often is shoplifting at Tuesday morning? Has it happened on a Tuesday morning? It has happened on a Tuesday morning. Just kidding. <laughs> it's usually been in the afternoon. Yeah, that's when I expect it to happen. That's when all the unemployed people wake up. But have people get gotten caught trying to steal... Have you caught anyone trying to steal? Have the police caught anyone trying to steal? Well, even if I have, regardless of like what we see, we're not allowed to actually like stop them or do anything to them. Hmm. Supposed to be like to be for the employee safety, but I think my mom once brought up a story on how like some people were stealing from, like, a Target or Walmart or something like that. And it was, like, some of the customers that were chasing down those people. And they were, and those customers were asking the employees why they weren't doing anything. And it was because they couldn't. Or they weren't supposed to do anything. It sounds about right. So it was the fear that, like, he's shoplifting, but he could have, like, a weapon on him? And yeah. Never, okay. Get the employees injured. That makes sense to me. See, I know Target has specific people on staff that are there for uh, shoplifting. The, the meme is the thin yellow line, which I think the actual name of them. I just know that Target has has people that they're wearing, they're wearing like plain clothes, but if you go to like Target more than once, you'll like recognize them. The one in Bakersfield is always wearing a Spider-Man hoodie. But their job is just to make sure people don't shoplift, and they're the ones who get to tackle people. Now, I can't say for certain that all the people that I've stolen from my work have been unemployed, but all the <laughs> ones that I've seen are like the homeless people. And uh, more recently, what. But this year, what um, has been happening for stealing is that they've been grabbing the backpacks. And then, like, they'll usually put stuff in the backpacks and then just, like, break off the tag and then walk out with it because uh, we don't have any like security tags on anything anymore some of our like really old stuff still does specifically like bed sheets and whatnot for beds as opposed to bed sheets for cars yes <laughs> you know bed sheets for being in the clan by one like the assistant manager has gotten really annoyed by like specifically like there's one person me and her refer to as backpack guy, and that's who I let her know it as. 
like backpack guys back or whatever. And one time her plan was uh to say on the like on the intercom just uh security sweep the store even though we don't have security, see if that works. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen her use it once. <laughs> I'm just imagining you then pretending to sweep the store <laughs> as if you were the security. <laughs> I'm on the hunt boys. <laughs> That's quite fun. It's a good way of responding to it, too. But our backpack section used to be a lot bigger. Now it's, like, only, like, two pegs worth of <laughs> backpacks. All shoplifted. Of course, not all of them. Not all of them were shoplifted, <laughs> but more than uh, the manager likes, a.k.a. all of them. Another method uh, people have tried stealing is, like, they would put, like, smaller packs of sheets in big uh, comforter sets. Like, mm. they would cram it into the center of it. And one time, the assistant manager saw them, and, like, it was a guy just standing there holding two comforter sets. <laughs> and sees, like, the sheets in there, and she walks up to him and asks him, Do you need help with anything, sir? <laughs> I know what you're doing, sir. <laughs> I know what you're doing, but I'm going to play nice. Do you want to rethink your life choices? That's usually what um, we do whenever we think someone's uh, up to no go. We just keep close tabs on them, ask them like, if they need help with anything. Make them know they're being watched. Before the backpacks were used a lot for stealing, it was suitcases. Because those could hold a lot more for stealing. <laughs> what they would usually do is they buy the suitcase. Just the suitcase. At the time, um, I believe it was like they'd roll up the suitcase. Kind of like hold the tag over to us. And then we would scan the tag. And then at the time, the managers didn't tell us about what we call it to the customers is double checking the zippers to make sure they're working all right. <laughs> ah, so it kind of serves both purposes, actually making sure the zippers are working fine for them and making sure there's nothing inside the suitcases. But before they constantly told us about that, we would just scan it over the register and call it good. And my solution for that would be to ask them to lift it onto the counter and then see how much effort they put into it. Like if it's filled with stuff, just, ah, we can't scan it that far. You gotta lift it onto the counter. <laughs> <laughs> I see it coiled up behind the counter. No. <laughs> Oh, I'm talking about. <laughs> the solution makes much more sense. Mine, mine would be funnier. <laughs> I also do, like, keep that in mind. See how much effort they use to lift it, <laughs> or if I go to grab it myself, pay attention to how much it weighs. Yeah, because I think it'd be a little suspicious for like a customer to try and hand me the tag to an empty uh, suitcase, pretending like an empty suitcase is heavy. Although, and then there's also another reason for that is because sometimes. Some of the other associates, I say other associates because I haven't actually unpacked and put out the luggage before, but sometimes the associates get lazy and like don't unpack all the suitcases. So customers will think that's like all of these suitcases for one price. No, we sell them individually. Now they think it's by the case of suitcases. <laughs> this isn't freaking Costco. Another incident of stealing that I was... Well, I was on my break at the time, so it happened to my coworker who was taking over the register for me. 
She said it was like a pair of two ladies. And they had like a cart full of stuff. Everything seemed fine. And then one of the ladies said that they were going to like start putting stuff out in the car while the other one paid. And then the other one's card wasn't, wouldn't be accepted. Mm. So she was like, oh, okay, I'll go get my friend to bring the stuff back. They ran. Ah, <laughs> uh, that just feels bad. That's not even like, it's not even like clever shoplifting. Why would your coworker like think that would be an acceptable way to like go about that transaction? I don't know. I can see them like, I don't know. I can see them allowing that. Especially if most of your clientele isn't shoplifting, because that's not—it's not an unreasonable request. I feel like it is, but eh, I don't. Know. I feel like it's shady to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna start taking these things to my house before I've paid for it." Yeah, I see what you're talking about, but I can also see like we're like, I don't know, we're like we're not looking at every customer yeah. thinking they're shoplifting, Simon. We yeah, you assume people are good people, and that's how society works. As I remember one thing uh, my social psychology professor said, or something that was said in the class, not necessarily by him, or it might have been like in a video he showed, but it's surprising how low the crime rate is. <laughs> yeah, because people, like you assume people are just good, just in general, and like 90% of the time that will be true. And that's just how society works, is we just, everyone just assumes everyone else is just nice. And that's like how we all work together. Like, when you're driving, do you assume everyone is drunk and everyone's going to begin swerving immediately? No, you assume everyone's going to follow the rules and you just keep following yours. That's how we function as a society. <laughs> and people who break with that mold and shoplift hopefully get arrested. And then they are removed from society. And that is how society functions, theoretically. I shouldn't say bad things because I have shoplifted before. <gasps> Big shock. So, college boy, poor. So whenever me and my friends... So whenever my friends would throw a party, we'd go to Walmart, because Walmart's incredibly easy to shoplift from. So all you have to do is buy anything and then buy paper towels and put the paper towels on top of it in your cart. So <laughs> it was one time. <laughs> also, self-checkout makes shoplifting so easy, because you can just get anything past them. So probably the most outrageous thing we did was we got $60 worth of New York steaks, scanned them as a cup of noodles, and then put them underneath a big thing of paper towels and then we handed our receipt to the guy at the door he looked at the cart checked off the receipt and we walked out the door with a whole bunch of steaks that is amazing yeah that wasn't even the most legal thing we did that night see our friend was currently using his fake id to buy alcohol at the store uh bevmo that was next door <laughs> we weren't the ones who would have gotten arrested had we all gotten caught i want to go into bevmo but i'm not old enough but the only thing i want to go and therefore is just a specific soda that they have. <laughs> Doesn't even have alcohol in it. <laughs> oh, so just a mixing drink then? Yeah, basically. Look how good is the drink that it's not sold anywhere else. You can get it, like... It's just Shirley Temple. I can easily oh. buy the stuff to, buy, <laughs> to get it. Okay. That's like, oh, if no. I really wanted it's to... It's amazing soda. Oh, it's a Shirley Temple. Okay. <laughs> if I really wanted to, I could just buy the stuff to make it. But no. That thing you can get at, like, any restaurant with a bar. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're, like, you're walking to a bartender and asking, can I get a Shirley Temple? That's its own problem of being embarrassing. I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last time I actually had a Shirley Temple. It had to be 
That's Northwoods Inn. Have you guys ever been to the Northwoods Inn? No. It's actually Can't a really it's a really good restaurant if you're ever down in the LA area. That's the last time I had a Shirley Temple was the last time I was there. They have excellent salads. I can't remember the last time I had a Shirley Temple. I don't think I liked it. I think it's too sweet. You're not a fan of sweet drinks, Simon? I think it was just too sweet for me. I don't know. I never see like too sweet being a problem, but I've never like I've never drinking pure sugar before, so maybe I just haven't hit my limit. I can have no, like one and a half like soda cans and then like I'm done. Yeah, I can't drink a lot of soda, but that's not because it's too sweet. That's because it just makes me feel bad. Emotionally? <laughs> Emotionally, physically. I don't know, I feel like lethargic if I drink like a can of soda I'm fine with, but like what you get like fast food restaurants where they give you like a gallon, but they pretend it's a small. Do you guys have any classes where you're just confident you would fail and you ended up passing it somehow? Or do you guys have the opposite, where you're confident you would pass and it turns out you got, like, a really bad grade? We actually kind of started talking about one, one, of, your, one of the classes you brought up earlier kind of fit under that category. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, so... Is there more, is there more stuff you could talk about for it, though? I'm trying to think. So, Intro to Real Analysis was the class that I took this last semester... Professor Wei Ching Shi. He is bad. So I didn't know it at the time. Because of how my schedule works, I'm doing a computer engineering degree, and it's hard to find professors for my degree. So in general, there's only about one or two times I can pick for my core classes. So for any classes that aren't core, I generally only have like one, maybe two options of what times I get. And at that point, I don't get to choose what professor I have. It's basically just I pick for my time, not for the teacher. And sometimes it's worked out really well. Like, uh, my differential equation professor was Ben Miller, and he was incredible, and I've had incredibly good luck just by this random chance, but I also just have incredibly bad luck. And that's what I got for my real analysis class. So, I think I mentioned it in the previous episode where it is the hardest math class I can take as an undergraduate. There are harder classes I can take at the school, but I have to actually be in the math graduate program to do that. This is the class that the school looks at when considering a student for a master's in mathematics. So it's definitely like way harder than I thought it was going to be because I did take 3100, which is basically like intro to proofs, which was super fun and I enjoyed it a lot. But this class is just on a completely another level where it's, it's stuff that I was not used to, taught in a way that was incomprehensible. Like he would, the teacher would go off on random tangents quite often and there would just be boring, so I'd zone out. And by the time I'd zone back in, he'd started again, and I would have lost track. And he just had, he had a strong accent that was, it wasn't, like, I'd understand him most of the time, but it was, like, difficult to comprehend him, if that makes any sense. Where, for, like, a complicated technical subject, you want to really understand what they're saying. And when you have to, like, translate it almost in your head, it makes things very difficult. So I was struggling hard in that class, and I also wasn't putting in as much effort as I could because I had just started working that semester, and I was just being lazy that semester in general. So I didn't put in the effort that I should have, and it was just harder, and it was just awkwardly taught. So everything was like conspiring against me, and I was pretty much resigned to, I'm going to fail the class, and I'll just have to take it again in the future. And because <laughs> I know I got... I got a 60% D on the first midterm. I got a 40% F 
on the second midterm and the final I just knew that I was doing really badly because of just questions that like yeah he did cover this in class but I in no way remember what the answer is so I thought I just failed the final as well but I don't know by the end of the class there was like eight people left out of a class that started with probably about 25 probably maybe 25 to 30 and I guess the final seven did just as badly as I did because I got to be in the class somehow which was completely undeserved, but I'm glad I don't have to retake it. I think it just threw, like, a really mad curve on that freaking final. God, I'm sure there was a massive curve. I had a few classes like that. Uh, freshman year, for the first semester, I'd say it would be, like, my English writing and research class, because I've never considered English you know, the writing classes to be my strong suit. But then, like, in, like, the final research paper, she ended up giving me, like, 100% for it. So I ended up coming out with an A in that one. I was like, wow. I guess I can. <laughs> what was the paper about? Was it just something boring? Something boring. I think it was assigned. Nah, lame. I hate that. I love when you get to pick your own topic for things. That's what makes classes good. Yeah, we got to do that in our senior writing class in my high school. Where, like, we had to, like, pick a figure to, like, defend, I guess. But it couldn't be, like, someone, like, opaquely evil like Stalin or Hitler. So I picked, like, Ludwig II of Bavaria. So, like, no one would know who the fuck that was, so I could do whatever I wanted. It's pretty fun. You'd think it'd be more interesting to do someone who was blatantly evil and try to defend them. Yeah, but I feel like you're probably trying to, like, offend someone or whatever. Like, Stalin or Hitler. I guess. Offend all those Ukrainians. And I feel like everyone would try and, like, gun for that, so I feel like it'd just be better that way. I don't know. If I was going to do that, I'd definitely do... Who's the Transylvanian guy who we all think of as Dracula? What was his actual name? Oh, Vlad II Draculesti? Definitely. He was cool. Yeah, there's plenty of other, like, evil people that, like, people don't generally know about. Anyway, like... I think I have, yeah, I had a class where, like, I thought I was doing good in, and then I didn't do so well in, and that was my first linguistics class. Where I was like, hey, I'm doing fairly okay, and then I got a C in it, and it's like, oh, apparently I'm not doing that okay in it. Oh, well, it was a uh, online class, and I was being too moral, to be frank, where I wasn't looking at the answers so much. So, that's probably my undoing. Uh, trying to be a good person always gets you down. Yeah. I only had one online class, and it was a history of cities. Like, the only assignment was, like, a paper that I copied, like, basically 90% from Wikipedia, and I got 100% in that class. Beautiful. See, in my second semester of college, the class that I thought I would do worse in was a survey of U.S. history since 1865, the honors variety. Okay, explain to me what that is. What is it? What do you mean surveys of history? It's just a history class since 1865 to now. Why does it have the silly name? <laughs> Why do classes have any name? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like a bit more general. That was going to be like a history of like surveys of like we asked people in 1864 what they thought of President Lincoln. Here are their answers. Survey says... No, I think there's, like, 
a survey of that time period, like just a whole, a grander like look of this time period in American history. Top ten Union generals from eighteen sixty five. Number four will surprise you. Oh, it's got to be my boy William Sherman. Ah, uh, man, Sherman did nothing wrong. Sherman did nothing wrong. I should have picked him. Ah, uh, man, I still I still love our darling boy McClellan. So useless, but so Irish. Gotta love him. But in the class, I started worrying, like, considering, like, I think I might not do well in this class. So after the midterm, when I got, like, was it the midterm? It was, like, the main essay of the class. And I got, like, like about 60% on it. <laughs> and I wasn't doing as well on the actual, like, tests either. Like, specifically, like, midterm and then final. But I ended up coming with a B minus. That's good. Yeah. Anything higher than a C, I think, is respectable. And then the next semester, we had ecology, which I brought up before. The class was fine overall till what we got to what was supposed to be, like, the main paper. And um, the TA that told us about it, that we were supposed to turn it into didn't know much about it either nor what the like what the professor wanted it's a mystery <laughs> that's kind of how it went for the labs too like she's supposed to like decipher what like he she and the other tas met up with the professor he'd kind of go through like what he wanted and then they try to teach us in the actual lab on our own days it's like a game of telephone but with learning some of the labs I ended up helping, like, some of them were, like, statistics, like, statistics questions and um, how did you do certain things. But for that final paper, the paper was supposed to be, like, 10 pages long with graphs. I turned in, like, a four-page paper with, like, its own title page and references. <laughs> <laughs> Just full-page graphs. <laughs> I don't actually know how much I got on it, but... Since um, it was the TA grading it, not the professor, I believe she went. She was more lenient on me because she didn't know exactly what he wanted either. So in that class, I ended up with just a solid B. And then the only online class I took was music appreciation. And uh, when it was coming to the final weeks and I had done next to none of the work, I was like, huh, I don't think I'll get a good grade in this class either. <laughs> So I was like in the final two weeks or something like that. I was just like, I spent like no time to myself. I was just doing the online stuff, <laughs> trying to get as far as I can. It was something like 70 sections and I completed like 60 of them. <laughs> so like I did the math in terms of like how much I did to how much was total. I was like, okay, I think I did good enough for a C. Then when the grades were posted, it said I had an A. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> My guess is that either he was lenient on me because I'm in choir. Because he used to be the direct, you know, the conductor or whatever for the choirs at CSUB. Then he moved on to the Master Chorale. Okay, explain what the Master Chorale is. The Bakersfield Master Chorale. You know when your professors get old... 
And they just go up to the farm. <laughs> the farm you know, of state. Out in the hills of state. Is this like the Bakersfield winds, but with just singing? Yeah. Oh, okay. The town choir. Yeah. So the, he was leaning on me because of that, or it was because he didn't like, at the very least, how it looked on Blackboard. It was like, it only gave you, like, your score of what you've done, not everything there is to do. So I think he might have just looked at, like, what the grade is for what was done, which was an A, because I did, when I did do it, it was all high graded. I got high grades for all of it. God, try not Blackboard, though. Remember right now, that's really annoying, thinking about it now, that Blackboard never tells you, like, your grade in the class. It's only the grade of everything that's been done up to that point. So what I was annoyed is like at the end, the, when the, whenever the final is worth like 40%, it's like, oh, I've got 800 out of 800. But no, it's like, it's 800 out of like 1,200, but like 1,200 hasn't been counted yet. Yeah, those are my classes that I thought I would do worse in, but I ended up doing okay. Okay, speaking about your 10-page uh, paper, I had like the opposite problem in my uh, English 2 class where we had a 10-page paper about a, uh, a movie by... What the fuck? He made the Alien movies. I forgot his name. Do you mean Spielberg? No, not Spielberg. The other guy. I forgot what movies he made. He makes like a bunch of sci-fi movies. He made uh, that movie where Keanu Reeves is an alien. He has to like... You mean every movie starring Keanu Reeves? <laughs> Listen. Speed is a quality movie, and I won't have anyone dissing it. I have to look up this movie and the director. Hold on a second. What do you mean you're going to show me his complete discography? Keanu Reeves did not have a discography. If he, if he did, I would know about it. <laughs> well, a filmography, you know what I mean. Jack Black has a filmography and a discography. That's why he's a beautiful human being. Well, he deserves it. He's he good. He has a video gameography. It's not really a word for that. That's true. What would they call that? The Day the Earth Stood Still, that's the movie. Is the same guy who directed that movie, I think. No, was it? I don't think so. No, no, that's not him. Come on, come on. Is that the one where like they're on a farm and the aliens die with water? M. Night Shyamalan? The signs? Kingdom of Heaven, that's the movie we had to write a 10-page essay about. Okay, so what's Kingdom of Heaven? <laughs> Ex explain explain kingdom of heaven to me it's a really long movie it's pretty all right i'd say it's a easy four out of ten that's pretty bad that's below average it's well crafted just not good all right so according to this wikipedia article that sam has thankfully gotten up it's during the crusades of the 12th century so is that is that eighth crusade yes. or is that 10th crusade how which crusade is this I think it's the second crusade because uh, they own Jerusalem. Jerusalem. So, okay. Yeah, and the current king is Baldwin the IV. The is Baldwin. Oh, this is way earlier than I thought it was. Okay. And basically, Orlando Bloom is the main character and is fairly terrible. So it's a French village blacksmith goes to the aid of the kingdom of Jerusalem against uh, the Muslims. Yeah, Saladin. Your boy Saladin. Saladin's pretty good. There's a few famous battle scenes from it. But, uh, like, anyway, I wrote this 10-page essay about this movie, examining, like, the themes of it. 
And I had like the opposite problem with Sam, where like he wrote four pages for his 10 page essay. I wrote like 12. So I had to cut it down. This sounds exactly like the hero's journey reading it through. Because, so it starts off with just Balian being a blacksmith, and then his father comes and's like, come with me. And Balian says no, so it's refusing the call as step two. Then Balian joins his father, crossing the threshold, step three, where he leaves the village. Sicily. Oh, and then the, his father is obviously like the old grizzled hero who's going to die two thirds of the way through the movie because this is the hero's journey. Yeah, there's a bunch of like anti war messages and like the Christians are big dumb. Didn't they win the Second Crusade? Not really. They didn't really win. They hardly won the first no, one. No, they absolutely won the first one. What are you talking about? The first one was an unmitigated success. Well, I guess Byzantium didn't win. No, Byzantium but... lost. Well, Byzantium gained back territory, so everyone won. Literally everyone won in the First Crusade. <laughs> well, not the people who lost, the Muslims. They didn't win. The Muslims don't count. We're talking about the Christians here. <laughs> the Christ Every Christian won in the First Crusade. Well, except the ones that died. No, no, they believed they were like going to heaven. Like they, the Pope gave them, the yeah, Pope they gave won. them, yeah, the Pope gave them a free pass straight to heaven. So they absolutely won. No, the first crusade was great. Yeah, the People's Crusade. We just had thousands of peasants just wandering into like the uh, Turkic territory. The People's Crusade was just hilarious, and then everyone just won. Like somehow, the worthless army that the Pope put together somehow won the First Crusade, which is incredible. And then, like, 11 Crusades later, it's all lost. For the Second Crusade, it was a decisive Muslim victory. Oh, was it? Okay. Except in Iberia. Wait, so why did they do a movie about the second one? That's that's a sad ending. Why not do one about the first one, where it's a, it's a happy ending? Because it's supposed to be anti-war. You get to watch it. I don't want to watch it. Yeah, don't. Wooloo is the best Pokemon. Simon is wrong. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck Wooloo. Uh, it's what the fuck? I thought it hit. St